Candy Podcast, episode Hello. 781. Hello. Hello, Hello, world. I haven't seen you in a turtleneck in a minute. You have, but you have only probably in black ones. Oh, maybe that's it. But Just blends in. This one it looks look is looking extra Diane Keaton. My affection for turtlenecks has waned, I oh, will say. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like not they're not as enthusiastic. As- yeah. Sometimes you, you need a little room to breathe. <laughs> right. You you went into it in your pump club days into like Arnold <laughs> tank m- like yeah, tanks. <laughs> tanks only. Well, it's a little too cold for that now, but I'm in a tank top in spirit. Um <laughs> as a pump club member. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. You know, I I feel like uh well, actually, there was one thing that I, I just had this weird experience driving on the road here, which I, I'm, I need to know if this is like a just me thing, why I was so put off by this. Yeah. So I'm driving here. I'm at a red light and there's traffic backed up the other direction. So I'm like in line with people who are headed in the opposite direction on the road right. as me. And I look over and this guy is making very direct eye contact with me and it was so off-putting i was like uh, what are you doing sir nobody makes eye contact on the road avert your gaze what kind of eye contact uh, just aggressive like, it wasn't aggressive it was just eye contact like he was looking in like he was just the person i feel like there's this unspoken rule of like Mind your own business when that is I'm, for sure. When I'm at like a stoplight and Absolutely. a person's next to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I he very was breaking those that. rules. Yeah, and I was like, right. uh, 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 like I felt like somebody had opened the door on me in a bathroom stall. That's terrible. You know that feeling when you're like exposed, oh, and then afterwards you're like a little embarrassed. I'm like, why am I getting this over just eye contact on the road? So, Were you tempted to do it back and like just play chicken well, about it? He, it had the green light had turned, so we were both mm. now driving. Right. I don't like it. I, I don't, don't like either. it one thank bit. Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. Look away, loser. Look. That's. I, thank you. <laughs> Very validated. This is exactly my feeling, and I was like, "Wow, what has happened to me?" But I mean, you've come to the right place. I mean, if you're looking I'm, for like, like cynicism towards humanity or misanthropy i am the gal to come to (gasps) yeah i do have another fred rogers yeah Yeah. sorry you know but you keep it balanced that's uh, he's in the background and (laughs) you know i got my toy story toys there and then we just can be bitter and cynical on on air yeah yeah i had another experience where i was seated i'm not kidding directly next to a heckler in a comedy show and the worst kind with you? drunk heckler. That's what I said. I said, this is, I, I, what is happening? Eli looked at me and he's like, not again. Yeah. And I didn't <laughs> say anything problem. this time. I just kept it. He was so bad at one point. And it's a comedian. We know we went, I went to go see Ian bag oh, and yeah. so funny does all crowd work. So well, that's why I don't know if you can even call it a heckler though. If it's oh, like when crowd- he's in the back and he's just yelling random shit. Like what? What was he like, yelling? let me at him give me uh. <laughs> give it to me yeah let me have and he we're so far I in the back it. where he can't even see who uh, where the sounds uh. are coming from and then the guy next to me goes she wants to talk to you and i'm like no i don't Shut no up. the drunk guy did that to you yes yes 
That's awful. And then got up and proceeded to fall, stumble, grab my shoulder, then fall all over our entire row. Oh my gosh. Was he alone? No, he was with a woman who was drinking just as heavily as he was. Oh. And they, this guy was happily married. And they were like all over each other. I'm like, That's wow. Nice for them. I'm happy for them. Look who look, there really is a lid for every pot. Like right. say. I mean Man. that has to really bug single people though, when they see people like that coupled. It, it bugs me as a coupled, not married person. <laughs> I'm like you- Oh, so he can propose he proposed to her. <laughs> this guy this guy That's does great. Come on. Right. Come on. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm starting to wonder because the common thread in these stories is you, Sarah. I know. That's what I was thinking. Like, what am I doing? Or this is some universal test where I have to... So I tried to go about it the other way and not react or like not try to not let it ruin my time. Well, how'd that go? (laughs) Bad. Yeah. I need... Practice makes perfect, I guess. I feel, I feel like, like this is, is a death penalty. I, I feel like this may be in line with the st- stretching goal. <laughs> yeah. Where my patience is what's fucking stretching. Yeah. I don't know, though. I mean, there's a special place in hell for hecklers, I right. think. It's just such a selfish quirk. Yeah. Like, yeah. nobody it likes it. very much nobody. look at me. And then he would make comments about the joke that weren't... That, that changed every time. Sometimes there would be an offensive joke and he would go, oh, no, 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 no. And then sometimes he'd be like, oh, yep, yep. Into yep. it. And I was like, pick a lane, buddy. <laughs> Real time reviews this guy was It doing. was so all over the place. Oh, uh, I mean, I kind of love that. Because oh see, God. you got a story out of it. It's memorable. I, I, I knew that I was like, I can't wait to tell Susie about this. Yeah. That is the thing about Sometimes when you're having a bad time in the moment, it's it, long term, it pays off because it gives yeah. you a story. Yeah. And it was like, I went to the comedy show. I just randomly looked to see like, oh, I need a laugh. Like, I want to laugh this evening. Yeah. And he happened to be there. And Susie and I have seen him before in California. And yeah. he's so funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. It's so funny it though, times. because when I watched the Gary Goldman special, the new one that's out, which is called Born on Third Base on HBO Max. <clears throat> he, number one, he has contempt for Seinfeld, which is fascinating to me. Because when I saw him live and on this, he did Seinfeld stuff, two different things. And it's like aggressive because, oh. you know, you really don't mess with the king of comedy or whatever. Right. But then also he clearly has an ax to grind with... um comedians that do crowd work oh really yeah he think i think he thinks it's hacky and um like how then you become like unwittingly like the star of that comedian's tiktok because they post oh yeah you know the videos some of them only talk to people who call out so it's like voluntary but some of them like don't they just do whoever yeah and I know that's Ian's whole thing, but I guess some comics must think it's like a hacky form of comedy. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's, it's very different. I feel like there there's the structured, planned, um, you know, really honed in on like act, mm-hmm. and then there's just riffing and like people. What do you who, think those about are it? Almost do you two think different it's kinds like... of of skills and in humor? 
Like one is almost more, well, it, it's just different skills. It's like one's fast and on the go and, and quick wit, which is really an art and I love, and I think it's hilarious. And I also respect the, and really like find the work when it's the more structured set mm-hmm. to be more impactful. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Like they always touch like memorable. Yeah. More memorable, more impactful. Well, I'll tell you what else is memorable and that's how delicious my naked wines are. Oh, give it to me. I I am (laughs) not about dry January. I'm sorry. No way. I know. No, thanks. This is exactly the month. I have a wet January because it is the worst month of the year. The holidays are over. It's freezing as heck. And then there's no holidays or anything like exciting happening. Mm -hmm. That's a time to crack those babies open. That's right. You know what I mean? Time to have an entire box delivered right to your front door. (laughs) Yeah. And they're going to be delish because they are, they are like, they got rid of the middleman Mm -hmm. and they... Allowed all these art. Is the word artisanal? Yeah. Is that what you call them? Yeah. Artisanal winemakers. Small. small yeah. Batch, I guess. Artisanal. Yeah. Yeah, and then you get these delicious, different. Yes. Wines to try instead of the old garbage you're picking up at the old liquor store right. or whatever. Same old, same old. Right. So now you don't have to go to a wine store and just pick bottles based on whichever label is your favorite. You're going to get quality wines at a fraction of the price delivered to your house. What more do you want? Head to nakedwines.com slash brain candy and click enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in brain candy for the code and the password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. That's nakedwines.com slash brain candy and use code and password brain candy and grab six bottles for just thirty nine ninety nine. One last time at snakedwines.com slash brain candy code and password brain candy for a hundred dollars off your first six bottles. This is a great deal. Okay, we love it. We love Vino. Yeah, um, I've been okay. into mold wine, spiced wine lately. Making you are it. into it? Yeah, I make it. Dump that whole red, bottle of red in the pot and add a whole bunch of fun spices and seasoning and Nice time of year for that. It's so good. Warm Warms the old mm. cuckolds. Mm. Um. Okay, let's get into it. Um. Okay. Yeah. There is a um, documentary on Max called "Great Photo, Lovely Life." Did you see oh, it? No, I never even heard of it. It's brand new. And do you remember in Candy Club we did that um, documentary? About that little boy who, I think it was called Rewind, and he okay. had been abused by his uncles. Uh-huh. Do you remember that? And it was very, I don't know, it was just rough watching because it was this yeah. little boy and it's his family, you know, how it normally is. Yeah. But he, they had all this footage and whatever, whatever. So I, I, on his Instagram, saw him promoting Great photo, lovely life. And I assume it's because it's of a similar nature, but here's what's bonkers about it. Yeah. 
the filmmaker is covering her, the story of her grandfather, who was an abuser, and he is in it. And she asks him about it and he acknowledges it and is like, not, I wouldn't say candid, but, right. but says doesn't that say he, he doesn't do it. Right. Yeah. He says that he's, you know, struggled with that and, um, whatever, whatever. And it's just, I think it's so shocking to actually see a person yeah. who's not in jail or anything, <sighs> like kind of acknowledging their attraction and also like their predation. Oh, it's like that. I was thinking physical abuse. We're talking no. sexual abuse. He's admitting on yeah, there. Because <gasps> that, yeah, because that's, yeah. Right. Uh, uh, it I'm, was that unbelievable. Is very, I mean, it's good. It's a fucking PSA. Yeah. It's Maybe through seeing that somebody who else, somebody else, why, why, what's, what, what, how come nobody's pressing charges? How's this guy um, walking around? He has gone to jail for it. Oh, I see. But the craziest thing is that, like, his wife stayed with him. Um, <sighs> and it was... Staying with somebody who does that is saying that you approve of that behavior. Yeah. It, it is. That you, you will allow somebody in your life that continues to do something that... What what struck me about it, so he on camera acknowledges having done this, but he definitely is not fully open and he kind of downplays it, makes it sound like it was just like a, maybe a one-time thing or a couple times, like no big whoop. And I'm not saying no big whoop. I'm saying that's how he presents it. And um, once you're finished with the film, you realize that this was what's the word compulsive? Like he was, if he had even like a a few minutes with somebody, he was going to try to do (sighs) this. Like kit, you know, how usually they talk about the grooming and how it can take so long and they like really invest time in grooming these kids. But sometimes I guess the grooming is, doesn't take that long. And then he was able to constantly be doing this. And they would like move around and he did it to his daughter. He did it to his granddaughter. Oh. And it's but just why, insane. I, why, who, who's doing a bad job of prosecuting? Like this is a repeat offender who is showing no signs of stopping. I think that that was part of the message of the film though was that in order for this to happen in at that level, it really can't just be one person involved. Maybe the wife is enabling or right. other family members or their employer or cuz <sighs> nobody I think people don't want to be the person that like quote unquote ruins somebody's life meaning right. of the the um what's the word? Perpetrator. Offender? Yeah, the offender. They think, oh, you know, they might fire that person, but they don't go to the police or, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's just, it was so illuminating because you, it really put a face to stuff and made you see it like, wow, this is actually going on. Yeah. It's not just this abstract idea. Right. So that, I would recommend it. it. Obviously the subject matter is disturbing, but it was fascinating. And it's also fascinating how like, one person can be mad at their mom 
for for putting them in that position. But then the person that's mad maybe put their own kids in that in a bad position because like yeah. it's a familial thing where like yes. those relationships are complicated that you yeah. grew up seeing. It's yeah. that it feels familiar. Mm-hmm. So there's some feeling of safety, even though it's not. Isn't that just hard to believe? Really hard to believe. Do they offer anything about uh, like what's going to happen next or a- anything? Well, he's dead about- now. Oh, thank he God. He died, died go. during the filming. Okay. That makes me yeah. feel a little better. Yeah. But he never really showed remorse, which is what I've no- I noticed in the letters that I've written to the mm. people that are convicted of that. that there is a real cognitive dissonance or I don't know if willful ignorance or what the word is where they don't want to, or they refuse to see mm-hmm. how harmful their actions were in a different way than you find with like other types of crimes. Yeah. Why? Maybe because. Oh, like he, this guy kept saying like, she liked it. Ah! I know, I know. I'm just saying. Right. Like, they believe that. Uh, Maybe. So, in the same way that working, that it can be really hard when you are somebody who uh, experiences, like, an eating disorder, where food is something that's, eating is part of the human experience. Like, we need it to survive. So changing habits and behaviors around that is complicated and right. difficult because it's something that you need. It's part of survival. You can't give up. Right. Entirely. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wonder if the compulsion or the way that this satisfied, right. It, Susie's making a vomiting face, which is very. Well, no, it's like a dry heaved. I literally, yeah. it just yeah. happens sometimes when you yeah. talk about these things. Yeah, uh, for sure. It oh. does. That is like the really getting like creeped out by it. Yeah. And yeah. So I would imagine that maybe they can justify that, rationalize it, or it feels like you're giving into the same urge as like you know, satisfying a biological need, which is fucking not about like, mm-hmm. ew. So. Yeah. It was fascinating, but obviously disturbing. Yeah. Um, okay. A mystery has been solved. Oh, okay. Okay. So the mystery was that this woman bought a nine. 19- 1800s, a dress from the 1800s, like with a bustle, one of those old timey, real pretty big ones. And in the dress was this pocket Mm -hmm. and it had a piece of paper in it was like writing on it. Oh, wow. And it was like made no sense. So this is a couple of the lines, but there's like a lot of lines, but it said Bismarck, Omit, Leafage, Buck, Bank, Paul, Ramafi, Lomi event, false new event. <laughs> so like these collections of yeah. set words or phrases that were like nonsensical, but like yeah. seemed to represent something. Like, so people have been code? trying to figure out, right. People have been trying to figure out this code. Um, and they referred to it as the cryptic silk dress. Oh, And for a while, it was like ranked. You know how these people, they all, they're like a community. I'm sure. 
the code crackers. Yeah. Yeah. They um they ranked this among the 50, 50 top like unsolved. Uh, I get it. I, I I I feel like that could very well be my future of you know joining some group like that. Please, I'm why? Because like, I love puzzles, and you just like a mystery and you want to solve it. I I could very, I would definitely be interested in a news subscribing to a newsletter or email, you know, subscription that mm-hmm. would send me information like this and like I the would mysteries. Love, yes. Yeah, and then you'd want to hear codes. Like, progress that was yeah. made cracking them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's give it a try. What do you think this made it? Might okay, have been? okay. Just based on those few words, what do you got? What's your theory? False. Give me, give me a couple. Give me the last few again. Okay. The okay, Paul Ramafi Lomi event, false new event. Oh, I know. Is she planning a party? <laughs> I love it. I wish. Mm. That's so much better than what it really is. False Was she planning a party? New event. Can you imagine that party? False new events happening yeah. tonight. False this party new has this everything. Phony new event. <laughs> yeah. Like mm. Stefan. This party has everything. Silk, dresses, <laughs> ramifies, leafage. False. Um, <laughs> is it instructions for someone who works for her? <laughs> I love, I don't, I, you could say anything and I would laugh. Right. It's just cracking me up. Well, it'll be a cliffhanger. And oh. instead I'll tell you about the, what the mystery is of my leggings and that's that they're honey love. And that's why they're so great. And you, I'm going to just say at my favorite parties, you don't have to wear underwear with them. Yes. These babies are supportive. Hold everything in. And not like. Not going to see through them. That's Not sure. see through. And They're you don't have to, super it, they high really, quality. And they got pockets in the side for your cell phone. They're the perfect travel pan. Very flattering. They have, Honey Love has all the stuff that you need to support that body. You know, where you're like wanting to be all put together. Yeah. All supported, all secure. Snap. Cute as heck. As they say. Yes. So they have bras, leggings, they even have dresses, you know, all the good shapewear. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash brain candy. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off. Honeylove.com slash brain candy. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show. Tell them we sent you. Start the new year with confidence. Thanks to Honey Love. And this is a great thing if you're doing one of your workout, like uh, New Year's resolutions still, mm-hmm. treat yourself to some nice threads. Yeah, I want to check out those dresses. Yeah, it's really cute. It's like a little mm-hmm. black dress, the one that yeah, I saw. I like that. Um, okay, so the answer is yeah, that the code is weather reports. Oh, for fuck's sake. Weather reports? Yeah. They had this whole elaborate code that they were sending to the cities around the country to notify them of what their weather was going to be, I guess, by telegram. And that was the code. And so the the lines I gave you, here's what they meant. Yeah. Oh, please. Okay. Um, Bismarck Omit 
Leafage Buck Bank indicated oh. that the reading was taken at Bismarck Station in the Dakota Territory. Omit was in, for an air temperature of 56 degrees and pressure of 0 0.08 inches of mercury, though the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration has said the true reading could have been higher. <laughs> Leafage for it was for a dew point of 32 degrees observed at 10 p.m. Leafage was not for it's it's windy outside. Some leaves are falling off the trees. No, this is terrible code. Buck was clear weather with no precipitation and a northerly wind. And bank is a wind velocity of 12 miles per hour and a clear sunset. Huh. I would have never guessed that, obviously. Well, that is for sure. But well, here's what's weird to me. Why they, did they just in, say in, those words? Yeah. Seems it feels like, like equally less long. Right. You're right. It's the, in the New York Times article, it had pictures of the actual p paper and the handwriting. And there were many, many lines. And several of them said the word windy. And so I thought, how was this not solved sooner? Okay. I wonder... It, in the same way that I got caught on the word false or event or something like that, because it's <laughs> yeah. there twice. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, party, because it says event. But oh, yeah, party. I, I mm -hmm. wonder if it's because we feel like that because we already know that the answer is weather. So now windy stands out in those collections of words. But a lot of other words maybe would be repeated, but don't stand out. Or they like event stood out to me. No, because would, like you know. most of the first words were cities and locations. Okay. Right. Right. And then it's almost like you could look down and it would be windy, windy, you know, like oh, you know, right above each other. Come on. And I thought, how did nobody think like, hey, that maybe it's about wind? Have <laughs> <laughs> you tried wind? That <laughs> is very funny. I almost think these people I want an get answer kind to of that. disappointed. I actually am not okay not yeah. having an answer to that. Yeah, I know. Me too. Like that is something I could easily see myself getting fixated on and like it's like an itch I can't scratch but in the past. Yeah. Well, they were – I feel like they they have to be disappointed. Yeah. You know I what I mean? thought it was going to be like the fucking wind talkers, code breaking, you know, messages from some – yeah. yeah, I don't know. Communication between enemy lines. I don't know. Yeah. And it was, well, and it was now, the weather of their Bismarck or whatever. They're never satisfied, these people, though, because they're like, now we want we want to know, why did she have the paper? No, let you it know, go. Was she, did she work at the whatever? No, she was on the spectrum and obsessed with the weather. Let it go. <laughs> you think? I, I, I just, you know, who knows? That's your theory. Yeah, I yeah. mean... I don't know why, but I think it's because they just are a little sad when these mysteries get solved. Yeah. Like, Do you ever think if somebody went through like your house and, and years later and tried to piece together all the things, they would find certain things that would really make them scratch their head? In this I bet house, a lot of I have an yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger head right behind me. People would be like, What? Who? And then <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I think that every house probably has real weird stuff in it yeah real weird your yeah. house especially mine your house is, yes no i feel like 
other people's houses especially no i mean like your house could have a secret hidden wall oh, that like that's you, you for sure. tapped in one place and all of a sudden the paneling fell down and there's like secret messages written on mirrors and no shit. you ain't kidding because literally I know. right behind this shelf that you see is like a panic room see I know. and it really i've been there it is so yeah it's like this very narrow not anything spot <laughs> where i'm going if something Something happens. Something happens. Right. All right. Well, I'm just glad that they those cryptic weirdos did their did their job. This one guy, he had been working on it for months. Yeah. I'm I'm you think these people have like this is what they love to do. This is I mean, know. remember what's that one that we talked about on the show a lot about that author that hid the thing, hid yes. like a treasure treasure of like yeah. gold doubloons or whatever yes and um those people were serious i mean they just couldn't handle it they were so excited to find where this treasure was and everything at least there could have been people died yes this is serious but at least that had you if you found it you actually got something right this 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 you just meteorology maybe some would say the ultimate reward (laughs) what bragging rights <laughs> that's what you think is the ultimate reward. i know i'll take the doubloons yeah right okay mm, well i'm changing bragging rights is getting less important to me as doublooms yeah. can't pay uh, medical bills with the blooms yeah you can you can brag about the blooms though right. so it's like yes two for oh, one win, on win. yeah yeah that's right did you read about how um Newton's third law of motion oh, was broken okay. last year by something on earth. So uh, the third law is, it, is uh, you know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite there's a reaction. reaction. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wouldn't that be the, with the particle stuff of something being created and then when it, where is this? On Geneva? Earth? Well, I know it's on earth. What's the question? Where is like, what? Did they conduct this experiment? It happens all over, including Wait, in your body. What? For every yeah. action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Yeah. It happens in your body? Well, it can after you make sweet love. Oh, <gasps> what is it? Sperm. So, what? Apparently, sperm have these. I'm thinking we're talking nuclear reactors over here, yeah. particle studies, and you're like, it's way nah, sexier. just a guy jizzing in a cup. <laughs> what? So sperm have these filaments called flagella mm-hmm. that um, protrude from their bodies like hair. Okay. And <laughs> it totally sounds like I'm just making this. It all really up. does. Like, <laughs> but I'm 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 buying what you're selling. They're so called let's flagella, go. right? And these flagella. Possess a property called odd elasticity that allows them to act without creating a reciprocal reaction. So these, like when they're swimming, then nothing happens around them. You know how like normally if I go swimming, there's like ripples and action. How is that? They are just just there. Yeah. Just reacting to nothing. And they really don't know much, but... They are excited about it, and they say that it might tell us 
what makes life alive? <laughs> That's literally what they said. What? I was like, I don't even know what that right. means. I feel more comfortable with the computers taking over the world. That I don't know what the answer to that is. That That's Isn't like that one crazy? of those things where the scientists know what they're looking at and they know why this is important. And they're trying to relay this message back to us as just like regular humans over here. <laughs> and I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but my little old brain doesn't have the... Yeah. It's like when uh, we think about eternity. Yeah. It breaks in there. It just breaks. It it like, you know what happens? It gets, it's like dead, that dead screen on Tetris, that game where it's like computer, just like, nope, nope, we just shut down. We're good. It's too much. I know. It's also some algae, not just sperm, but okay, sperm but like, is more fun. But the but, bigger implications of that is the, like, we've been... Newton's three laws, three laws, relativity, blah, blah, or that's Einstein, but you know, like just all these things that we just get hung up on as how it is. I love that idea that we're all just like really attached to it. Yeah. Well, don't get too attached to any idea because like now there's only two laws. Please, Pluto, remember that guy? Uh Uh-huh. Please. I know. You're so right. I think we all have trust issues because of Pluto. Right. I had acronym. I had fun little <laughs> yeah. phrases. Now, my very excellent mother just so served true. us nine. Yeah. What? Crack that code. Yeah. So, again, <laughs> don't, don't get too attached, people. But speaking of Change sperm. memorable. Yeah. You don't even need it to enjoy Dipsy stories. That's right. Huh? You don't need anything except your ears and your imagination. Because Dipsy Stories is going to serve up some really nice stuff for you to get your motor running, or maybe and I mean exactly what you want. Yeah, it's like they know you better. They really do. They're they're like, here you go, Sarah. This exact story. Oh, that you you were thinking about this the other day. Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because you just answer a little quiz, and then it gets gets the gist. And then they will maybe help you get in the mood if you want to rev up. Something else I appreciate is that the, it's all illustrated. Mm -hmm. There's something about it not being real people that feels like safer and comfortable and less like I have to think about, you know, get, I'm not writing any fan fiction in my head for the characters. Like, (laughs) so it's already written for me. And I like that it's all illustrated. I think it's pretty how it's all laid out. It's very They also have sleep stories and wellness stories, so it's not just, Sex. you know, wild yes. antics. Yes. For listeners of the show, Dipsy's offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash brain candy. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash brain candy, dipsystories.com slash brain candy. Yes. You know what I got to say, though, about that... Um, Newton's law thing. Yeah. To me, I mean, that sperm thing is great and everything, but to me, the true mind bender is that Newton even came up with anything like that. Right. Was he like a young guy too? He was like very young when he did all this. a long time ago. Yeah. And this guy came up with things that only now maybe sperm don't match, but everything else. Right. 
Well, he was right. I mean, how did he come up with that? I, I want to know. You know, the apple had something to do with it. I know, but like, come on. And then you came up with all those. Right. The rest is filled in the blanks. That is Please. a good, that is a good, or maybe it was like obvious stuff that people were already talking about and he just like wrote it down. Okay. Well, actually, since I said fill, fill in the blanks, I I watched a documentary called Filling in the Blanks and it, oh. it was like, it's weird because it was made relatively recently the last couple of years, but it, it watches like more like an early 2000 style. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, kind of like a, maybe a little amateur-y, but okay. it was interesting because it was about one, one of these people that sent their DNA for like 23andMe. Yes. And then the results weren't what they expected, you know, where right. you find out, wait, I have other siblings or where'd my dad go or whatever. Right. And even though it was a little amateur like it really did explore some of the concepts that I hadn't really thought about. Like, because in his case... He has t- two brothers that grew up with him, and uh-huh. then they found out each of them had a different dad because they received um, sperm donation mm-hmm. from question mark. They found mm-hmm. out later it was like um, medical students. You know how they, they would do yeah, that sometimes? Because yeah. <clears throat> at that time, there weren't sperm banks. You couldn't right. even... I don't even think they were freezing sperm at that time. It was all like um, live wow. donation like right then. Jeez. Not, not banging, but you right, know, obviously. like it's still warm, basically. Right. Here you go. Taking it from one room to the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Here's what I wanted to ask you. Because you see this a lot with like adoption stories and mm-hmm. anytime mm-hmm. somebody wants to know like more about their biological mm-hmm. stuff. Number one, you know how they often say, like, I always felt like I might be a little yep. different. Yeah. Okay. And then they find out later that they yep. are. Do you think we all think we're a little different? <laughs> like we all feel a little bit like we don't kind of fit in this world. What happens, I don't think it's so much how the person feels, but how they get treated. Mm-hmm. In well, a way, for these guys, it definitely was like that. Okay. I think really that's it. They, that the, the parent, the, the person who is the, is presenting as the biological parent in those situations doesn't have the same natural instinct to I think I think that when you when the child is biologically yours it's there is a different natural instinct to protect like if you had uh, I don't know I'm think like a burning building and one child is your biological child and one is the one from the sperm donor you can save one i feel like the instinct is save your biological child if you have like no time to think about it and i would imagine that if you're in a a family with maybe one person who or one child that is biologically related to that father and then other two that are not there's gonna be some subtle like differences in attention given or well especially if um if the reason that your child isn't your biological child is because of um you know limitations that Mm -hmm. you had with fertility Mm -hmm. and then that child may represent something you have shame about or yeah you know 
Because I can imagine when there weren't sperm banks, these people probably weren't meeting with therapists to talk about their feelings around this stuff either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then nobody and... tells the kids, and that's a big problem. Okay, so previously we've talked about how things have changed a lot in the adoption category and how you're encouraged by experts to not be secretive, Mm -hmm. that that does more harm than good, Mm -hmm. that you pretty much just have that as a part of your story from birth, you know, and how that's so great. Well, it is a little bit more complicated when it's sperm donation because adoption doesn't really inherently require the discussion of sex or how babies are made. Right. Right. Because oh. if yes. you're adopted, you you may or may not right. connect the dots about all of that. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't want to have to explain to my toddler, like, maybe it's easier and I'm just like overthinking. Yeah. There, there are ways, there are these wonderful books out there called It's Not the Stork. And then there's another one called... I can't remember what the other one's called, but it's like a series of books that does a really good job of like age appropriately explaining these things in, in very vague terms, but ways that do break down like the most basic biology of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think we have to, I don't know. I I find it to, I think it would be a more challenging narrative to, to convey, you know, what a sperm, I'll I'll be like, listen, and that one person's does work and one person's doesn't work. And so we had to like borrow from this guy and it doesn't mean anything about like, oh, it's challenging. I would it's imagine. Challenging. Yeah. But I guess if you just always talk about it, then it's the mm-hmm. same as the adoption thing. But I did think, oh, that, it'd have to really come up with like a, a strategy. Yeah. And it I think those dads to need me. to work really hard to not project those feelings of inadequacy or whatever it is onto those kids. Yeah. And that that is something that I think that like, I don't know, sperm banks and people involved in those processes work hard to provide now. It's like mandatory. Yeah. So, um, that was interesting. And it, I loved hearing he interviewed several of the moms. So like once he found all his like half yeah. siblings, he interviewed some of the moms and these gals, number one, were so thankful to the donor mm. um, yeah. because it gave them the opportunity to have children. And also like even the filmmaker pointed out how like they were all very nonchalant about the process. They were like, yeah, I went to the doctor and then they did it 30 minutes and then I left. I think it was striking to him, but I think that's how women generally are about their bodies because it's like, we're always dealing with something. We're always. From menstruation Please. to right. um, menopause to yes. pregnancy, yes, not getting pregnant, trying to get pregnant, cramps. Ugh. Uh, whatever, you know? Uh, so I can totally imagine women just be, yeah, what, why even ask it? It just was no big deal. You just go to the right. doctor again. Right. I thought that was cute. <laughs> I want to see that. All right. Well, let's take a minute and talk about one of my 
Priorities in 2024, skin, skin moisture, skin, like, let's reverse the clock here. Yeah. Hydration. Give me all the stuff. Oak Essentials is where it's at. You know how we're obsessed with Jenny Kane? Yes. Well, these people, it's like they have no limits. It's not just sweaters anymore. The luxury. (laughs) Yeah. They created this, basically, let's call it self-care. Yeah. Line Oak Essentials. It's a nutrient. When you live in Colorado, that's just care, period. (laughs) Like you just need it's like necessity. It's it's just not even care. Just like what you need to live. Yeah. Yeah. Turn into an alligator out here. It's tough times. And so this balm supports collagen production, delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. I and do you ever like my sister and my mom growing up were those people that were always like on the hunt. For like the cure, like if you have dry skin, yes, uh, you will seek. Susie, my <laughs> mom used to be that person where she would put on lotion and then she'd make a noise. She'd be like, "Oh, like right. relief." And I used to be like, "That is so annoying." Yeah. Until I <laughs> yep. hit thirty-five and Things then started happen. doing it, and I was like, "Okay, I get it." And they're they are not all created equal. I don't like when there's like a greasy film afterwards. No, no, no. Some no. of them smell terrible or remind me of my grandma. And like, I I need something that's really gonna. Deliver moisture, lock it in, make me feel good, smell amazing. Mm-hmm. Luminous body lotion, that's where it's at too. Uh, formulated with blue tansy oil. I don't know what that is, Sounds but good. I know I love it. I'm calling it 2024 is the year of the natural head to toe glow. Yes. My followers get 15% off their first order when they use code Brain Candy at checkout. That's 15% off your first order. O A K. E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S dot com, promo code BRAINCANDY. Go ahead and treat yourself from luxurious skincare to meaningful self-care. You deserve it. What do you think it is, though, about this thing where people tend, whether they're adopted or, or whatever, tend to want to fill in that hole in their heart of like, I wanted to meet someone I'm related to by blood. What is that? Just evolutionary? Yeah. I think these are biological instincts that... Do you think it's narcissism really though? In a way, maybe. Yeah. Or like, I think it it more is like, has to do with identity. I don't think it's as much narcissism as it is the the question of who am I and where do I come from? That I think we as humans have been trying to answer in different ways for forever. And that of like, where do I guess I come there's from? a fine line because who yeah. am I is very much, it, it, it's navel gazing. It just is, you know, it's inward focus. We all yeah. do it, but yeah. I mean, it's a little like, yeah. that's why. Cause we're like fucking love Right. Ourselves. And the person we're most curious about and most interested in is ourself. Right. Which I get it. And right. I, we all have that, yeah. but it's like, I hate it. <laughs> But parenting is the same way. Like right. when you do have a biological child, it it absolutely is a part partially like that's a little me. I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like gross. Yeah. That's why everyone's annoyed when parents talk about their kids. Because <laughs> everyone else sees it. Like, yeah, we get it. They're not that great. Okay. Anywho, if you're interested in that sort of thing. It was weird though because the doctor that donated the sperm, well, he yeah. he was a medical yeah. student and now and then he's a, now but a retired. We hope, we hope he 
gynecologist. He yeah. is so He's a gynecologist cute. now? Well, I guess. He he's was. Working in those he's offices. retired. Got it, got yeah. It. And he is so handsome and... And he's like 90 and he looks like hot still. Oh, oh, and he has like, that's the sperm you want. <laughs> I know. It's smart, thoughtful, lovely. Hello. Guy. And he is willing to meet them all and he keeps in touch. And it's great. Like, it's really nice. But remember that guy that got caught doing yep. it? And had a bunch. That was what, where people were mad because he was doing it without telling them that he right. was the donor. Right. That was the, like... Yeah, he was, like, going in another room, freaking jerking off into a cup, and then bringing it out to the women, being like, here you go, and injecting his own stuff in there. That feels very different than... That, that's, that is a conflict of interest, we would call that. <laughs> right. Like, a little bit. Okay. Come on. Yeah, I get it. But some other med, random med student who's, like, signing up for it, and, it, you know, maybe they, I don't know, give him meal coupon for the semester. I don't know. Yeah, he got $5 per. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And he thinks it's so funny. But he's like a gem and that's really lucky because sometimes that two right. of the, the the guy that made the film, his brothers, they had different dads and mm-hmm. those dads didn't want to meet and they didn't create like a community or anything, so it's not as that would be I tough. think special. That'd be tough with three different ones and Man, I would want all the same, but I guess that's hard to do at that time. <laughs> they, yeah, there was no organization to it. None. It was like, I'm like who's here guy. that day? Oh, my God. You know, like, you're fertile? Okay, let me go down and see who's here. Yeah. See if any of them are Jewish. Like, if you wanted a certain, like, ethnicity or whatever, oh you my had God. to hope, cross your fingers. <laughs> that. That is like playing Russian roulette with your sperm donor. Like you're just going in there and like, oh, okay, here we go. Whatever this I mean, it's sort on. of like one night stands. Yeah, I mean, no, that's what I'm thinking. But in a one night stand, I can look at them and be like, <laughs> yeah, I get that one. Some information. <laughs> this is. Yeah. Okay. I hope we exchange some words in our one night stand. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um. Here's a fun fact. I'll read it to you. Okay. I love it. This is about fact. endangered species. Oh, oh, Susie with the animal facts. Okay. Saved it just for you. Yes. There are 1,700 plants and animals listed as endangered or threatened with extinction. Okay. And in the aggregate, those species get $1.2 billion spent toward their preservation. The top line number, however, um, obscures the reality that half of the money goes to two fish. Salmon huh? and steelhead trout. Oh, that And then sense. the rest is like, goes to the charismatic ones, like the spotted owl and those oh, right. guys. Yeah. Charismatic fauna. This was cracking me up. The animal with a budget line that got the least amount of money was the Virginia fringed mountain snail, which had $100 thrown its no! way. <laughs> no, little snail yeah. buddy. We need to yeah. crowdsource for the snail. He's a goner. He's a fucking goner. I mean, and dude. You know what? We're going to discover that, like, the secretion (laughs) from that mountain snail fucking, I don't know, cured everything we've been complaining about this whole episode. (laughs) Or, wait, what if, like, $100 is all it took, like, to get, like, a a lady snail (laughs) to to do it? Is that how they do it? Do they bang? How's that work? That's actually a really good question. 
I would imagine they ha- there is something inserted into something else. Like something comes out Ew. of that. You know, like the little te- antenna grow out like that. I bet it's you like that. You think that's what happens? Am I going to Google snail sex right now? <laughs> snails banging? I mean, we do have questions. Right. How do snails have sex? How do snails have sex? I could have I mean, said their reproduce. whole bodies are like yeah. okay. vaginas. Technically called a gibsobellum, the love dart is a nail clipping oh, size needle that stays hidden in an internal sac until about a half an hour before copulation. That is disgusting. So basically exactly what I said. A love dart. They called it a love dart. And, whoa! You see it? It's a love dart. Big love dart energy? Big. Oh, gross. But they look out. like they're, yeah, it's, it's as gross as you'd imagine. What's uh, her love hole called? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh my God, it does look like, whoa. Oh, that is inappropriate. Whoa, this is that not safe is for a snail work at all. Love hurts. What happens when snails <laughs> stab their mates? That's the National Geographic article that I well, will no be wonder reading. they're endangered. Yeah, they are this getting is stabbed snail on by... snail crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Wow. Well, I think someone needs a refund on their hundred dollars because yeah. that they're self-sabotaging right i mean i guess if it 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 is snail on snail crime but it a hit and run or anything like that might take a you might have some more time to catch the (laughs) perpetrator in this situation okay he's not running away it's more like a hit and crawl 200 plants and animals got zero dollars so i mean hundred dollars seems great by comparison and all told 67 percent of spending on endangered species goes towards fish with 7% going to mammals and 5% to birds. Wow. Is this shocking information I, to you? It's It makes me nervous yeah. that we are losing the population of fish faster than scientists would like. Or yeah, it's not good like. news. That doesn't sound like good news to me at all. Yeah. I mean... Every you hear about um, recently, they found like bo- you know bombs and stuff in the ocean that were dumped there after the war. Oh yeah, okay. and they used to do it just like as a matter of course. They thought that was a great idea. Like, right. hey, we're done with these. And then sometimes they it cause great damage to yeah sea life. Imagine, and that's just one thing that doesn't right. even account for all those straws you people are I chucking know. in the ocean. <laughs> I, I gave myself like a gold star the other day because I cut a the, all the rings on a... When you do that, do you not feel like elementary school Sarah would be so proud? So proud. Yeah. So <laughs> proud. I was like, wow, look, I am say. You know, it mattered to that one. It mattered. You know, I can't save them all, but it mattered to that turtle. Don't but, you feel like that problem was overstated though? Yeah. And I also think that it's ridiculous that we're still using those because when I was in Mexico, they've replaced all of those with paper ones now. Cardboard works just fine. All of their six packs. Great point. Yeah. We are, what are we doing? What are we doing? It seems like that would be even more expensive too than, than cardboard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh. Maybe it's just that you have to be more careful with the cardboard ones. There's 
they could rip and then that could obviously, but coat them in that, like do something. Come on. Yeah. Right. Come on. Ever hear of pizza boxes? Right. Thank you. Although they aren't recyclable after you get the pizza grease on them, but they are beforehand. So I think they'd be fine for the six, the six pack. And you take it out and then there you go. That was like all the beer in Mexico was like that. Makes sense. And they had the best recycling program. When you buy like a soda, like a Coca-Cola in Mexico, there are bottles that say like on it, return for whatever. Yeah. You know, Eli and I were drinking one, walking down the street, eating some tacos. And uh, we, you know, couldn't find a trash can anywhere. So we went back into the store we got it from and we're like, here, you, you could throw away. And the guy reaches in his pocket, like gives us like the equivalent to like a, a dollar. Like almost enough to buy another one. And we were like, what? And he goes, oh no, it's for you. It's a recycling program. And like, yeah, we were like, they "Mm." do that in Michigan too. Well, it's, it's more, we should be doing more of that. I mean, I know they have like the bottle thing where it's like five cents a bottle, but it's a lot that you get there and you could do it at the store. Yeah. That's real convenient. You don't have to go to a recycling center. I would love to see the rate comparison of recycling in cities that do that versus like regular yes wonder what's more successful i would like to see that as well Hmm. (laughs) look into that (laughs) we we shall let me see i will wrap it up momentarily okay you're helping me with my list of documentaries to watch you what did you say i said you're helping me with my list of documentaries to watch i know i feel like I need to get a hold of it though. It's out of control because I'm holding back on some of them because I try to paste it because I do feel like people are like, Ugh, another one. Well, please. I'm like, I feel like people are going to be like, Ugh, another animal fact, but those are the best. We all need well, to. Need okay. To. This is a fact, but it's not an animal fact. And I never heard of it. It's called Benford's Law. Okay. Okay. So evidently mm-hmm. real world data sets of any kind. So, you know, pick a number, right. whatever, in your mind. Uh, house numbers, how much money's in your bank account, whatever yeah. number yeah, that you're doing in your data set. You would imagine mathematically that the likelihood of any number being the first number would be pretty much equal. However, the likelihood of the number being one or two as the first number is about 50%. Huh. In and any data set you can imagine, a collection any. of things, dates on a calendar. Okay, so this is kind of like, are there more doors or wheels kind of question <laughs> where it's like, what number is the most, what number appear most I, frequently? And I can I'm imagine sure one that... and two appearing most frequently because if you're looking at days on a calendar... Well, well, no, Newton might know, but like <laughs> the scientific American, which posted this yeah. video said that I, they could probably explain it in over a long period of time, but they said like, we kind of don't know why. Wow. So it's not just sort of like, because there are more ones, a in, dollar bill okay. or something. Right. It's okay. just, it's more like mysterious. Right. Cause that wouldn't make any sense. It, it's not everything's everything. That Maybe wouldn't... if it were just money or just right. whatever, it's anything, populations, but... everything. <sighs> that is bizarre to me. 
And I, I don't like that we started like with a code that was solved and this yeah. is like, I'm leaving you. With and they a don't know why. They really don't. I'm sure, like I said, like someone like Newton would be like, oh, I know. I know. Right. Well, actually. Yeah. But right. it's probably very complicated and something that like Neil deGrasse Tyson would be like yeah. annoying if he tried to explain. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> huh. Um, that anyway, that so might be go. one that keeps me up at night because I'm going to start thinking of da- random data sets <laughs> right. and why everything. Yeah. I love, by the way, that Scientific American on their Instagram, their videos, like this one was done by a, a drag queen. I have no idea why it was unrelated. Oh, I know to the who topic. it is. The, math, the mathematician drag queen. Oh, maybe. She's fantastic. She taught me so much cool stuff. Yeah. She, I don't know if like they collaborated or like what, the number zero like, or like all these cool things. She taught us about Benford's Law. Nice. Okay, let's wind it down. Uh, Sarah's a heckler magnet. Magnet. At least she's not a heckler. Thank God. No, I'm like the opposite. I want to talk not at all. and It's the time that I want the least amount of attention. Is that why you sat in the back? Well, no, we were just got there like... You were late. Yeah. Not late. Just like half an hour early, but other people showed up way earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the, I do wonder like if crowd work crowds mm-hmm. are like a type. I think they are. You know, where they want, kind of want to be the star. Yeah. You know, because that you're more likely of course to be. Right. Seems yeah. like a few people in the audience the were like spot. that. And I do not like to be that. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I roll my eye. And then when they, the audience tries to be funny, I'm like, don't take the job yeah. of the, no. don't do that. No, follow the Johnny Carson model, which is like straight man. Like set the comic up. Yeah, set him up. You that's know? that yeah. is I, that's what I like to do. Um, silk dress code. We don't know what that lady was all about, but Sarah thinks she's on the spectrum and just really was passionate yeah, about I, weather. I, come on, we know we know who this lady. We were hoping for a party, but <laughs> it was windy. Um, oh. Sperm breaking Newton's I laws. Mean, Breaking, pushing back on the laws of physics. My brother Jordan's really going to like this story. Will he? He loves oh, like yeah. sperm stories. Or no, physics. he likes he's physics. physics. Okay. okay, gotcha. Gotcha. He likes sperm stories. Nah, he's, he's an engineer. Enough of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, filling filling in the blanks documentaries on Amazon Prime. That one's about like the DNA shenanigan. Yeah. It is funny to me that concept of how you know. We don't. We didn't know what we didn't know at that time. This was like the fifties or sixties, and how like they truly thought like they were going to get away with this forever, right? And that no one would ever know that your dad's not your dad. Oh God! Then, like, d- a- doesn't that kind of stuff make you think? Like even just the fact that we didn't have seatbelts back in the day makes me think: What are we doing now? Right. That fifty years we are. from us now are going to be like, what the fuck was that about? Like, well, I think that about the fact that humans are allowed to drive cars, that that future allowed. us are going to be like, can you believe that they gave us cell phones and let us sit behind essentially like a tank and, and just like cruise down the street at upwards of 90 miles an hour? So like your feeling is that so much of what we do is unsafe? 
by me and insane. As soon as I bet like the number of car accidents and the number of like all of that stuff, that's going to be avoided and cut down. I mean, sure, there might be, you know, trouble here and there with, we've, as we've talked about with like all the, I don't know. Yeah, you can't win them all. Can't win them all. But I bet the rate of accidents with those are way less than, you know, we're not going to have DUIs. We're not going to have drunk people getting in accidents like that. I mean, we can talk about it next time, but like it does bring to mind how like at the same time we're having all these advancements and things like that, like self-driving, whatever, like parts of planes are just falling out. Oh, because <laughs> we haven't updated that. If I still have a cigarette holder on my, get new airplanes. What are we doing? Sarah, we're that, brand that, new. that was a brand new plane. Oh, November it was made. No. Yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay, this well. is like sloppy manufacturing is what oh this is. Oh my God. This is it. Our plane's wings are falling off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should make self-making planes and humans this shouldn't be This is what happens when you don't pay people enough to do the job <laughs> is probably what's going on here. One Sweet plane found a tequila and... bottle like on the new plane. No. Oh. Thanks. Boeing is wild. That place is like wild. It's like Animal House over there. I Jesus, think. it's like the telemarketers movie. Anyway, I've said too much. Well, something we can depend on that will not break or be terrible, like air travel, is HelloFresh. You know we love HelloFresh around here, and I wanted to specifically mention that the family-friendly plan, which I'd never tried before, we got last week, and it's my new favorite. The they sent enchilada recipe that was out of this world. It was so easy, so tasty. Obviously, family friendly. Kids love it. Um, and so I wanted to recommend that. And now they also have breakfast items that they're that they're sending that are just amazing um, and so cool. I love that they're branching out in that way. It's just great to not have to go to the grocery store in this weather and to have delicious meals that everyone loves. And they're so affordable and they have a deal for you. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandyFree and use code BrainCandyFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash BrainCandyFree with code BrainCandyFree. So good. Uh, America's number one meal kit and also my number one meal kit. And I want to introduce a guest to the show today. Lucy Miller is a member of the cast from the documentary that I talked about a few episodes ago called The Greatest Show Never Made. It's the one about like in the early 2000s where all these people were cast on this reality show and thought they were going to be competing for all this money and living for a year doing this amazing project. And then they show up and it's all just sort of like not actually happening. And the guy that was supposed to be doing it turned out to be either a fraud or just like had delusions of grandeur and really thought this was going to be a great idea. But anyway, the documentary explores what happened and then the fallout and how it affected the people who kind of gave up everything. They quit their jobs, they left their families and their boyfriends and girlfriends to go film for a year. And then it was like, so embarrassing and difficult when nothing came of it. Um, and so I'm going to be talking to Lucy today about her experience. She is a doll and um, 
kind of comparing notes about like the difficulties of having not been on a reality TV show. Sarah and I are always talking about the difficulties of having been on one. In this case, it was a lot of the same problems because it was very public. Everybody knew that they were supposed to be on the show. It was covered in the media. And then it was almost as if the cast were victim blamed. It was like, how could they be so stupid? Why did they think this was legitimate? Um, instead of vilifying the actual person who took advantage of people's, you know, naivete or, um, you know, trust. And so we talk about that. And in the documentary, the guy, his name is Nikita Russian. He comes and is interviewed as well and explains his side of the story and why things went sideways. But it was totally fascinating. If you haven't seen The Greatest Show Never Made, you should check it out. The people that were cast on this fictitious reality show were delightful, and you can see why they would be great on reality TV. But in this case, they're great on the documentary. And I believe it's on um, Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video, greatest show never made. And we're going to talk to Lucy Miller today about her experience. Welcome, Lucy. Lucy Miller, I harassed you into coming on Brain Candy Podcast. Welcome to the show. I have a lot of questions for you. Wow, I can't wait to fly uh, <laughs> <quiet> off them. <laughs> well, I found in you a kindred spirit, I feel, because even though the reality show that you thought you were going to make never got made, you're sort mm -hmm. of experiencing what it may have been like now because the documentary is providing like a simulation of like people meeting you and you don't know them and they're talking about your life and how weird is that yeah it is it's weird that's weird the weirdest thing is that it's happening 21 years later <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a delay <laughs> there's a slight delay um, and after things, uh, not have been long forgotten because I have never forgotten right? Um, you know, what happened. Um, but I certainly had not, you know, it was, it was there, it was back in 2002, certainly not now. Um, but you know, when you, you know, you really want something and you kind of want it too much and it, you just try and try and it doesn't happen. And then mm. you forget about it. And then things seem to kind of just come your way once you, you you've, you've left that thought. Isn't that funny? Yeah. 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 That's kind of a, that's a very relatable thing, even though your experience is <laughs> bizarre, that feeling of like, holding on too tight. And then once you finally release it, you get what you wanted all along. That's cool. That's redemptive. Yeah. That's how I, I like feel. that. Well, mm. okay. So let's go back in time and it's the wild world of new reality TV. It's just the wild west where there are no rules and everyone's sort of figuring it out as they go along. And within that context, you're attempting to get on a show that was advertised and it sounded pretty great. And because the parameters of the genre weren't really defined yet, there was really no way for you to know whether or not it was the real deal. It seemed like the real deal. And what it was it that you wanted out of it? You just thought this will be fun or what was your intention? I think it was, um, 
it was just very much that moment in time where I was ready to take the leap. And if, if it had um, happened, if that, if I'd have spied that advert at any other time in my life, then perhaps I wouldn't have gone for it. Um, it was right at the point where I was, I was looking out for something. I was ready. I was a bit bored. I mm. was, you know, I was thinking, come mm. on, I'm ready for the biggest adventure of my life, but I don't know what that's going to be. And I kind of was ex- I, I was waiting for it to come to me and I guess it did um, <laughs> <laughs> it was an adventure that's true you know whether it's be careful what you wish for or what but, um and, and the advert that I saw it was the tiniest advert ever so I was clear, you know, you had to look for it. You must, everybody involved must have been looking for something at that particular time in their lives. Wow. Or it could easily have been missed. Yeah. That, like, it feels, I feel like so sad because that's a real actor of vulnerability. I feel like where you're saying yes to the universe, you're ready for whatever opportunity comes and you're going to go for it. And then you kind of got, spit in the face in a way, because when you and your fellow castmates showed up, wait, let me ask you first, before we get to the moment of reckoning, um, what was the audition like for you? Were they, did you get a sense that like they, what did they think about you or what did they see in you that was like, this is our gal? And by they, do I really mean he? I guess so. It would be. Now I know because obviously I've gone through different stages of back you know, then. I didn't know. I just knew what I saw. Obviously, okay. it's strange to talk about because I can I can talk about it as I knew then or I can talk about it as I know now. Um, but, but basically, yeah, it, it was there were lots of people. There was a team and it was completely and utterly believable. Um you know, and that was the thing because, you know, so many people have said or I've read so about so many people saying how could they have not known or what, you know, it, weren't there any red flags or, you know, and it was so well done. And it was it was the it was kind of quirky, which I liked. It was, you know, set on this. Uh, it was a, a venue on an island in London. But it was really it was great the way you had to get on a rowing boat to get there. There was no other way of getting to this venue. And it was ju- it just had that something special about it. It could have been anywhere. He could have chosen anywhere to have those auditions. But, you know, he had this um, wonderful flair in so many ways, which also was to do with the choice of venue. And um, and it was it was it was the kind of place which you would have expected to have been expensive. You know, yeah. um, it, was, it, it was there was food laid on. There was there was, like I said, lots of people, the team, there were cameras. He was there incredibly confident charismatic i had no reason to think there was anything wrong with the situation i mean that sounds totally legitimate and totally exciting something you'd want to be a part of so then once you do get chosen it's almost as if you feel honored 
probably feel special. At least that's how it was for us. You know, when we get that call, it's like, oh, I, I get to be somebody. How fun is that? You know, and that's another thing that a lot of people can make fun of, isn't it? And you know what? There's nothing wrong with wanting to be somebody. There's nothing wrong with yearning for an adventure. And, you know, and I have been through stages of feeling embarrassed by it, or at least feeling embarrassed by other people's responses of wanting that, Mm. you know. Um, But honestly, I was just it was just so exciting and I still find it exciting. And I don't, I've got to, you know, I've told myself that that's okay. It you is know? okay. And I feel sad that I was reading about those feelings that you had of shame and mm-hmm. embarrassment. And I understand why, but what a drag that you're, you felt punished for, I don't know, trying something different and, taking a risk. It's just, man. I think people, um, some people like to bring others down for stepping outside the box, being brave enough to, to do something. Perhaps it's because it's something they would like to do, but don't have the, I don't know, the, they just feel that they, something they can't do. Um, Oh, I, I don't know. I think there's many reasons, isn't there? But it's a shame that that happens because that kind of thing can then affect you, the person that's that's brave enough to do it and completely uh, make them doubt themselves. It can, you know, it can do so much damage and it's such a shame. And I do think that there's a lot of other things in my life that I've chosen not to do because... <gasps> I hate that, but I understand. That's really interesting. If it's any consolation, even if the show had been the real deal, a big hit, you're famous, you still would have gotten a lot of that same feedback and criticism because of whatever you may have done on the show. I mean, it's, you can't, if you're putting yourself out there, there will be people that, you know, are hurtful and rude. So that's the same regardless. And I think, you know, even when the, it's, um, the Greatest Show came out uh, recently, um, obviously, you know, I had that conversation with other people and, you know, had conversation with myself. <laughs> but it's something that I feel now. Um, I feel that I could can deal with that now. Back then, it was, it was very different. I feel nowadays, when you get it, if you get it, I think there's a bigger group of people out there that have your back. Mm. I feel that we know so much now about mental health, about what a comment can do to someone, um, that I really do feel that the majority of people out there are good and mm. When you, when you get it, you're, you're going to get, you're going to get stood up for, you're going to, you know, you're not on your own. But back then I feel we didn't openly talk about mental health and how comments affect people. And it was, you know, it was virtually unheard of. Um, so I, I feel that you really were out on your own. So, but for me anyway, I felt that way. And so when I started to hear things, um, my natural reaction was just to go within myself. 
Um, and, and, you know, and that's a painful, that's painful. Well, cause when you showed up with the cast and it became clear that something wasn't right, yeah. this wasn't what you signed up for, or thought you signed up for, um, you all went through this process together of the light bulb going off and being like, okay, now what are we going to do? And then let's fast forward to then when you return home after this sort of failed project, Yeah, what was in that moment that you're describing where you're feeling maybe embarrassed or whatever, what is that like? Do you share that with your family or do you just try to move on? At the time, um, you know, if I'm honest, again, I would find it easier to share that now being older knowing more, having more, I don't know, sort of like getting over a lot of the self-esteem that I felt that uh, I didn't have back then. But no, I think back then it was more to do with trying to hide it, trying to, um, you know, feeling, almost feeling ashamed of feeling ashamed. Oh, um, right. The feelings about the feelings. So I remember being very, uh, feeling very apologetic for those around me. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Man. Uh, so my my uh, my boyfriend at the time that I'd left, uh, I'd gone back to. I feel I remember feeling that towards him, towards mm. close friends who were probably worried about me going and doing this thing. They would they you know express their um, concern. Um, it, and, and then having, you know, having to go back. Yeah. I, I actually felt quite apologetic. Sorry, you were right. What was oh. I thinking? Um, I hope, you know, I'm sorry to have put you through that. Um, I remember feeling like that. Yeah. Well, cause the premise was unusual. It, it, was supposed to be for an entire year. So the commitment that you were making was enormous. So most productions wouldn't be even asking that much. So that was already sort of a risk that you were taking, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go away for a year. I'm going to give up everything. And this poor boyfriend, <laughs> leaving that guy at home. And then it wasn't what you thought. Mm. What I want to know what is your assessment of this bozo, Nikita Russian? I should be nicer to him because he seemed wounded and broken in the film. But um, <laughs> like I would feel at that time, I'd be like this bozo. Yes. What was he thinking? Was he thinking this was going to work out and it was going to be amazing? Or was it some sort of weird power trip? What was it? <laughs> My gosh, oh, my feelings towards this have changed. Okay, yeah. But my feelings towards him have changed constantly. Um, and watching The Greatest Show, because the first time I'd seen him since then was sitting down to watch The Greatest Show Never Could Made. Could you even believe? I'd been waiting, waiting, waiting a whole year to actually see this finished show. So to see, watch somebody else tell your story you know, it's kind of, you know, that that's kind of strange. And, you know, I desperately, you desperately want that story to be told well. And I have to say, 
it's it, the effort that's been put in to tell that story it, authentically it was amazing and it is told brilliantly um so i'm 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 so happy with that and also you know i've learned more about the story but then to see nick um and hear nick talk about it was um at first, it brought a lot of the old feelings come rushing back. And I was really actually quite surprised at how raw it still felt. To watch that old footage of when he was a kid, making those films with his friends, mm-hmm. who I also got to know now as well, um, that, w- that was really hard because I'm a, I'm a mum of a boy. Mm-hmm. And so to, to understand you know, a child struggling like that and how then, you know, that affected him as he grew. That I found incredibly sad. Um, But to understand more maybe of how he evolved and turned into the adult that he he is, that he was when he was 25 and that he is now. so he talks a lot about his trauma and it felt really hard. But then I I also find it then conflicting with that feeling of just really being pissed off <laughs> of being treated. Well, you yes. can feel them both. That's fair. One of the components that was new to me, but my husband who's British says that it's maybe more common in England, that style of recreation that is more fanciful and artistic. We're real boring over here. You know, you guys have more flair. And, um, I wondered what that was like for you doing the, it was actually acting performative recreations. And it was a hoot because you're, you were in those clothes and everything was like legit from that era. How did it feel? I loved it. It was hilarious. We just had so much fun. Uh, (laughs) It's so much fun. And, um, yeah, you know, working with, with the costume people and everything, you know, and recreating that, the, the naughties Lucy, if you like. I mean, I've got a framed picture of myself in my living room because it was such an experience for me and it just came my way. And I, I was, I'm just, I don't know, I just feel so grateful of the experience. I and mean, it was bizarre. That's um, a gift though. What fun to play as an adult. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I played myself 20 years ago. You you couldn't make it up. And I've, you know, never expected it to have, um, for this journey to have been, you know, 20 years plus. But that's actually what has happened. And it's just been bubbling away, unknown to me as I've been getting on with my life. Hmm. And we've been, we've ended up being able to talk about it with our older heads with you know the other experiences that have happened along the way where we've been able to you know just compare it with this that and the other and I'm now a mum and what would I say to my kids and um so it's I wouldn't uh would I change it I would not change it no I wouldn't I hope that it's been healing in some way allowed you to process it in some way I mean, I loved watching it. It's totally fascinating. And I'm so glad that you chose to take a risk again and share it because that took some courage. 
Thank you. It did feel, it did feel brave again, but it also was just hugely, um, just enjoyable. And it was, what was great was that everybody around us was aware of that. Um, so, you know, um, you can trust them. Yeah. And they, they knew that we need, that that was something that we needed. And um, it needed, it also needed to end up that way as well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a case of serendipity, you know, from originally applying to 21 years later. And what now, a long, strange trip. Now speaking to you, it's a long, strange trip. trip. And, um, and I have to say, I now am able to look at it fondly, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful thing. I'm so thankful that you came on Brain Candy and that we're friends. And I can be like, we can have a support group for like reality TV survivors. Um, <laughs> and we have one question we ask everybody um, at the end of the show, which is, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? Or as you say, the boot. <laughs> yeah, we want to know. What do I have in there? Yep. Okay. Oh my gosh, it's probably quite boring. I know what's in there because I'm constantly. Um, there is um, a big golfing umbrella because it rains England. all the time. <laughs> because <laughs> England. A, a big golfing umbrella is absolutely, you have to keep that in the boots of your car here. Um, but also I have two <laughs> booster seats. I have t- uh, t- 10-year-old twins who now refuse to use um, the booster seat. But I kind of, um, we're discussing whether that's lawful or not. So we keep them in the boot. <laughs> What's the age in England for that? How, if need be. <laughs> I think it's because at that age, they're all so different inside. It's the weight, yeah. That, it's always so fun when they um, are done with it. And now we're waiting. My son's 11 and we're waiting till he can sit in the front seat. It's so exciting. Whenever that'll be 13. Takes so long. Because so mine can do that now as long as they are big enough. No way. As long as they're big enough for the um, the strap to fit them properly. So when I'm like that, I'm like, it's a very close and hence they are in the boot. Um, <laughs> yeah, not the children, the boosters. <laughs> yeah, I love it. That's perfect. Some people have empty trunks, and that's always like, ooh, what does that tell me about you? I have to analyze it. Okay, right, maybe yeah. that means they've purged all their whatever. We we have a theory that what's in the trunk of your car is like indicative of where you are in your life. Wow. Well, mine. <laughs> Let's put that in there just in case. Caution. <laughs> yes. Um, although I am the person that is a lot, I would still take the jump. I still have it within You're me. a risk taker. Yeah, because you, you keep it there, but you're not using it. Right. Yeah. But I like to have a safety net. Yes. This is oh. C. Right. So I think probably that's really interesting. I know. <laughs> it's so fun every time. You if should I ask would... your friends over Christmas. Be like, what's oh, in the boot of your car? I'm going to do that. I love and then that you because... can like psychoanalyze them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, 
I think I'm braver than a lot of people I know, yeah. but I do like to know that. Yeah, I, I like to have that safety net. So yeah. I know that I'm still capable of um, applying to a show and doing something, but I will. Do, look, do you know? Do you have? Do you know the traces? No. Is that? You don't have that in the states? No. Love to be on. Do it. What are you waiting for? I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna talk you into this. No, why though? Because no. it, um, you have to go away for six weeks to film it. And I've got two little ones. I can't be away from them for six weeks. If you ask them, would they say do it? What the kid? The kid? Yeah. Um, I mentioned it to my husband. What did he <laughs> say? Lucy, really, Lucy, <laughs> glutton for punishment. You know what? Um, it would be fun though, and it might be redemptive. But whenever like they call me about the show and say, "Do you want to come back?" I always ask my son, "Hey, what do you think?" And he always says yes. So I wonder if your twins would say, "Do it." Yes, but do you know what? I would miss them. I couldn't. Six weeks. Oh, they grow so much. They look different at the end of that. If the show people said we'll make sure that you can have visits, you you can see them, then I would. You know, if the, if if I was allowed to see my kids, but for solid a solid six weeks, I don't think I could. I, well, I know. I, I hear you. I know that's a real that's yeah. a real choice. But hey, to be continued. I love this. I love that we don't know what Lucy's going to be doing. It's not over yet. You're an absolute doll. I can't tell you how much I adore you. And I'm so glad we got to meet. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for asking me on your show. You're stuck with me now. We're going to be friends forever. You're going to be like, oh, no, I can't believe I went on that show. You have another one you'll regret. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Lucy. You're off the hook. 